We're live. Hello and welcome to the delicious recipe. It's a Thursday here up in Thunder Bay. We have freezing rain. Jeez, I, I went to the store and uh, I had to go and stop three times to go and scrape my windows because the, the freezing rain was, uh, my windshield wipers couldn't even hip keep up there. I got uh, Hey You and Kitty Pot there uh, manning the ones and twos. And uh, this uh, episode there is called Rakeseed Pudding. And uh, I have uh, a guest, returning guest again, uh, that I love to have on here, Big Jim Paris there. How you doing there, Big Jim? Uh, if I was any better, I'd be, uh, I'd be uh, difficult, I guess. <laughs> if, if you had a guitar doing, in your hand, you'd be... Really good. <laughs> That's good. Price of gold was up today. I just yeah. came back from a couple of trips, one to Newfoundland. I was showing you my uh, Felspar, uh, Fluorospar crystals here. Yeah, explain that to people out there that, uh, show them what you're doing there. Yeah, I'm just uh, checking out with my loop here and looking at this Fluorospar crystal that came from Okay, the tell, tell, tell the listeners out there, what is, what is a loop? Well, the loop is, uh, here's the loop and it uh, magnifies whatever you're looking at, so... If you got some nice visible gold and you look at it in the sunlight with the loop, wow. I call it being stabbed in the eye with the, because the, the luster that comes off of gold when the sun shines on it is just unbelievable. It's beautiful. It's no wonder people kill other people just for gold. Right. And this is the thing there with with that, there is that, is, is gold the only thing that uh, lusters back like that? Or are you looking for other minerals as well? Well, uh, right now I'm in deep into a property that has uh, sphalerite and lead, uh, silver, uh, copper, and gold. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, of course, uh, sphalerite is a mineral that uh, uh, that has zinc in it, and uh, it's a very unique thing. It's uh, it's in a volcanic uh, environment, a VMS. We call that a volcanogenic massive sulfide environment. Right. And down at a place called Geraldton. And uh, even though these prospectors were close, they, I guess they just didn't know what, you know, with the geophysics, it helped me to interpret what was going on with the uh, geology. Right. Yeah, this this comes in a part, uh, and this is where we're going to get in there to, tonight. There are people out there listening, and then uh, welcome anybody that's listening on uh, through the airwaves and stuff like that and uh, hearing this, is that minerals is a big thing that... Uh, I guess this is why this this uh, show is called uh, rapeseed pudding. Uh, rapeseed pudding is that a lot of uh, our minerals, natural resources in Canada have uh, been given away to foreign countries through the people that you've elected. And then JT and the Muppet Gang, his father and other ones there too as well. Like a lot of foreign investors have come in here and taken away stuff. And I've always said this uh, time and time again. You fix your house first before you fix the house down the street. And <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it, it's so sad. And then you wonder why they have uh, like everything as technology improves, things should become cheaper as things like you, you make things better for the people that live in, in the house before you go and do something else. Other ways you don't just go and rape it and give it away to other countries that do stuff with it. And uh, I think that's a big thing that uh, people should go and uh, look at when they go to vote and say like, who are you in bed with, right? Who's, yeah, giving, you the, who's giving you the little finger? It, <laughs> that, that's, you, mean middle, you mean the middle finger or the little yeah, finger? Well, the little finger there as they're, uh, as they're uh, in uh, uh, I, I can't go any further than that, but there was a story there. I remember you told me about uh, a, a guy there that was like, uh, after they got a mining claim there, he says, oh, yeah, he says, I'm going to go down to uh, Toronto and uh, have sex with a black woman. And then he pulled down his pants and he stuck a beer bottle up his ass. <laughs> Something well, that's, like that. that's all news to me. I must have been uh, in a... Okay. Okay, well, that's a story I remember anyways. Uh, maybe it was my story, but anyways. <laughs> you actually there when that happened? No, you told us that. You told me that story there back up when we were in the, the Jacobi's. Made up story. Yeah. 
I have a fantastic imagination, something like John Lennon. <laughs> yeah, and me, uh, number nine. <laughs> number nine. Number nine. Anyway, uh, yeah, I just wanted to tell your listeners about this florist bar because there's yeah. a fellow by the name of Lyndon McIntyre wrote a book. He was from Newfoundland, and uh, the guy from uh, New, uh, New York owned all these florist bar properties in Newfoundland. Mm -hmm. And the government uh, gave him a contract to mine this fluorus bar. And uh, I didn't know until I read the book that uh, it was uh, crystals were actually used in atomic bombs, which is really thing, really. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, that, 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 that sounds very, very interesting because you know why? Because when you're looking at uh, things that the U.S. government is doing and going into exploration, into these third world countries and basically disrupting their uh, governments and that to get in there and stealing their resources, you got to have to wonder why are they doing that? Because the U.S. has a limited amount of resources. They have a lot of oil there too, but not as much as what the oil sands have. Well, but, it's, all, uh, it's all for profit, all for making money. Right. Uh, there's not just the U.S. that's doing that. The Chinese are doing that. The Russians yep. have done it for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the Canadians are, you know, we have two thirds of our mining uh, society, our, our business is out yeah. of Canada. It's around the world. Yeah, well, I, I even looked up there. I said, uh, I, I looked up, there's 32 companies that are working in the oil sands and there's only two of them um, that are Canadian. Yeah, well, that's that's the irony of it all. We've got foreign companies in Canada and Canadian companies are working in places overseas, but it's a whole new world now and within the last couple of years. And you hit on it earlier there when you said, uh, uh, when we were talking earlier in the day about, uh, you know, this r recent uh, change in the attitude of the federal government towards the uh, Chinese uh, coming into Canada and taking our critical minerals. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's a lot that... Uh... <laughs> Actually, the last two ones that came on the list was uh, Japanex and Annex Nippon Oil. Uh, oh, geez, there's the, I didn't I didn't go through the whole part there of uh, going through who is uh, the subcontractors or sub uh, investors in a lot of these companies, but it's mostly all Chinese and Japanese, Asian Asian markets that are part of these companies and. Uh, you have to wonder, like you you have a, a school teacher that taught drama, becomes the prime minister of Canada, and he's in bed with uh, the most communist country in the world. Well, he certainly has leanings uh, towards, uh, you must be referring to China, are you? He, uh, I could be, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, do I win a prize for that? I, uh, <laughs> yeah. got it on the ding, 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 ding. <laughs> You know, I mean, you've heard of blood diamonds, right? Yes, that that's in the yeah in in the uh, uh, Africa there, and that was yeah a stolen uh, value that was done there through slavery. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a thing also called blood blood coltan, and coltan is uh, columbite and tantalite combined together, and uh, you know it's when it's refined, it uh, stores electric charges. Well, right now there's uh, companies over there in the belt in the Public of uh, Congo, the D Democratic Public of Congo, uh, that are mining this coltan, and uh, they have people that are enslaving uh, their own people, the black people there, to mine this stuff. And Lord help you if you get hurt or or whatever, you're you're not only off the payroll, you're off the property, and you're off the uh, yeah, you're off the payroll. There's what uh, you know, so they call that blood coltan. Wow. See, I, 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 two, two critical I, minerals in the supply chain that yeah. right now uh, there's an estimate that China controls the critical minerals. When I'm talking critical minerals, here's a book that the uh, Ontario government put out. Fantastic book about the critical minerals compilation 2022. Anybody interested should try and get hold of the government and get a copy of this book. It's absolutely fascinating. Yeah, I see it there. Yeah, awesome there. Yep. So uh, put it down there. Yep, a, a little bit there. So uh, that 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 is so 
interesting because I, I watched another uh, documentary that was out a bunch of years ago about uh, sulfur uh, uh, mining and how they would have these uh, third world country people and they were getting paid like a dollar a day. Yeah. And they'd have to go down and through the sulfur uh, mist and everything like that, chop it off the walls where it was accumulating throw it into bags and then climb up this mountain out of it and go to the back there. And they got paid per like a dollar per, uh, uh, whatever a backpack thing that they had. And it took them like all day, but they're breathing in this, all this sulfur fumes all day. And, uh, the companies that are buying this are all American companies and Russian companies and Chinese, Chinese companies, and they don't care. Well, I mean, there's, there's companies that originate in, uh, in England and in Britain and all all yeah. over the place, it's it's uh, POP, profit over people, mm -hmm. and uh, you know I mean the, the things that are done like uh, in the Democratic Republic of uh, of the Congo there it's uh, it's pretty there's documentaries that you can go on and and watch and read about it. Right. I was I was reading this, this list of comments about all these people that watched the documentary and they were just aghast at the, yeah. the inhumanities that these people, you know, they're, they're standing there where they're forcing these people to work with uh, machine guns and rifles and mm -hmm. you, the, the people have to go down in there. And you're right, like $2 and 50 cents a day. And, uh, you know, you have to be very careful, uh, just like in the diamond mines, if they see you, slipping anything into your clothing or whatever oh yeah that, that, that was a part in that leonardo DiCaprio movie there blood diamonds and right. uh they would have people walk through and then they would search through and rip open their like their mouths and their and their anuses and stuff like that to go and make sure that they hadn't slipped a, a diamond inside there that they were smuggling out right yeah. and uh if you did you were you were basically killed right and you, you but there was it's basically almost like how uh the israelites were uh done by the egypt egyptians they're building egypt right so they were just the slaves right you're going to get you to work for us to do all the the hard stuff and uh we're just going to give you uh bread and water that's all you get to live on you seem to have be having a fascination with anuses tonight is there <laughs> yeah any particular well, I, well, it says, well, because it's usually men, right? It says, well, I can save vagina, but uh, there was not a lot of uh, females that were working in the mines, right? They were back at home. That's for everything else there. So just looking at cavities where you can go and hide stuff. And uh, <laughs> Yeah, well, I guess the anus is one of those places for sure. Yeah. There was guys worked in the gold mine. Can you imagine I hope it is a piece of gold that had some smooth edges on it because most of the gold I've ever seen that, that was worth stealing is yeah. pretty crystalline and it's pretty sharp and nasty. If you just even to touch with your fingers, it's it's prickly. Yeah. Well, isn't gold there usually attached to quartz or something like that? Eh? Is that what it is? Or yeah. you find a quartz vein? So quartz is a crystal, which is very sharp and pointy. Right, right. Well, but when you're stealing gold from a mine and when you're basically what they call high grading, you're not interested in the quartz. You're just interested in getting as much gold as you can. Mm -hmm. But uh, there's in the old days, there was, you know, guys used to carry it out in their lunch buckets and then the mines caught on to that. And then they developed more. When my dad worked at the Coney Orme mine in Schumacher, uh, he used to tell me the story about going underground on uh, midnight shift and, uh, this fellas, they they had a, a, a whole uh, muck car full of high grade gold, beautiful high grade specimens of gold. So what what is what does high grade mean? Well, that's for the for the listeners out there. High grade means uh, you know something show, that's where the the gold is going to be worth the most when you like get show, it. showing flex or something like that or. Uh, well, I got a piece of high grade around here somewhere. Like something that is uh, visible that you can see that would be called high grade or because a lot of the gold there that they're doing that they pull up like a uh, 10 tons of uh, ore and then it has to be crushed down and then it goes through a chemical pr uh, process and then you get like uh, maybe an ounce out of it. Yeah, like when you're talking about uh, there's a there's a chunk of ore with, lot, you know, it's quartz 
and it's yep. got it's got yep. uh, you can see some of the visible gold in there yeah this okay from property at shining tree you know where shining tree is yeah oh yeah yeah and uh but you know i mean that's uh as far as the gold in here this would be considered high grade because there's so much visible gold in it although a lot of this stuff right out of the vein would be a lot richer than this but right. uh, you know i mean they they have to crush this up and extract the gold out of it but this would be this would be considered high grade but the the stuff that was stolen out of the mine came right out of the veins and it would be just totally gold crystals not uh, gold material no wow. quartz, very little quartz yeah see this, this is a the thing there i remember uh, in the stories of uh of ancient texts there that uh, gold nuggets would be lined along the rivers there back a long time ago through africa and middle eastern uh in the middle east and i was always like like this is actually like flake like nuggets or stuff like that 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 is gold that is uh mixed in with a rock and uh i always found this sort of interesting is that, that we don't see that well i guess a lot of people well gold gold is a, such a interesting thing there i guess everybody's walked almost every square kilometer across the the world there to find big huge chunks. but you never see any gold that's big huge nuggets solid gold anymore do you yeah there's a mine down uh, uh east of timmins along highway 101 uh, i'm trying to think of the name of it now but uh anyways it's the, 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 when they go underground on that mine there's great big chunks like this of solid gold that come out of there the only problem is you know there's there's not enough of it not a lot of it there, right it just happens to be where the gold coalesced together and uh whatever the name of that company is uh they've had their specimens at some of the shows in toronto there like the pdac and that and there's just almost pure solid gold but really you know i mean it would be worth a lot of money but you know if you had hundreds of them then you'd really be in business but if you only have a couple of them i used to drive 101 and there was a sign there right beside the road for the for that particular mine I got old timers. I just can't think of the name of it right now. <laughs> I remember there there was a, a story, and uh, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, someplace uh, from Kirkland Lake going down uh, the other highway, going down to uh, Elliott Lake and uh, down towards Toronto, and there was a boulder that was there, and this guy, uh, he got mad. And this is how the folklore tale went, and he got mad, and he mad at this person. He threw a hammer, and he hit it at this uh this uh boulder and he chipped it off and all of a sudden he saw a shiny little thing and it was a, a boulder and there was gold in this boulder that was there and they figured that it was pulled down through the ice age that had moved like there was no gold there on that property that it was sort of dropped off and deposited and uh i i, I don't know i, I it was always sort of kept on my mind i always thought about that it says oh well hit every rock maybe there's some gold in it well, I mean, there's legendary stories. The one about how they found the dome mine. Uh, the guy was climbing up this rock outcrop and he went to go down the other side and the, the moss was wet and he slipped and he fell and his, his butt and his hammer, he had his pick with him, uh, dug into the moss and pulled it off. And when he got down on the other side of the rock outcrop, he looked back and there was all this rich gold looking at him. And the scary part about it was that uh, in those days, a lot of the prospectors wore hobnailed boots, and he could see that somebody had climbed over the, the moss and with their hobnailed boots and put impressions in this rich uh, vein of gold, and you disappeared. You disappeared. Oh, yeah. Back. Yeah, no, somebody was calling me there. Yeah. Oh, okay, so... You know that's that's one of the stories like when when the guy went back and you know looked at it close he could see the imprints of the hobnailed boots somebody else had been there before him but he was fortunate that he scraped the moss off and and the, the one story about the hammer that i remember was at cobalt where there a guy was doing some work in a trench and this fox came along and started grabbing his uh, sandwiches and the guy took his hammer and he threw it at the fox and it broke a piece of rock off and there was, yeah. but that was uh, about silver, silver. Yeah. Or it was at well, Cobalt, 
but I, I don't remember if it was silver or cobalt because both uh, both of those minerals are there. I like there. There's lots of stories and there's ancient uh, lore and stuff like that about. Uh, well, you're on out there uh, close to the Lake Superior part. There's Silver Islet, and there's a story there from the, the native people about that. Uh, that's why the whole thing about the sleeping giant is that he gave away uh, the secret of this uh, huge. Uh, uh, silver deposit. It was like the richest silver deposit that was ever there. Right. And then there's and then there's another story too about Isle Royale. And there's huge copper deposits on Isle Royale. And I always sort of wondered. It says they they don't find anything about uh, uh my well they find the they find the dig hole sites, but nothing of the refinery sites. They what did they go and take all this raw ore and then ship it all the way back to Europe? They never did anything like that's a long trip from <laughs> Lake Superior all the way to Europe with all this raw stuff. And like it says, OK, if I have five tons of something and I'm only going to get 50 ounces, why would you carry all that rock back? Well, in the, in the case of Silver Islet, I mean, the, the, the veins were so rich that, uh, you know, I mean, when you loaded up a barge, to ship down to Duluth or wherever the refinery was. Mm -hmm. I, I, in fact, I think Silver Islet had a refinery right there. Did but, they? Uh, okay. I mean, we, we're talking really high-grade ore, not not just uh, 50 ounces of silver, but like Well, I, I was saying the 50 ounces, that was uh, Isle Royale. That, that's copper that, that they're saying there, and that was another part. But uh, no, Silver, silver Islet, that, like, that, they still say that's one of the most biggest uh, high-rich uh, silver deposits in the world. But it's uh, because the weight of uh, Lake Superior, you can never, ever mine that at this point in time. Well, in the old days, you're right. They, any infrastructure that they built there to try and have a mine, uh, a storm would come along and just destroy it. But when you're talking copper and down in uh, like Ile Royale there, you're referring to. Yeah. Uh, there's a place in Yukon called the Valley of Copper. And there's chunks came out of there that are solid, massive, uh, high-grade copper. Uh, like four or five hundred pounds. There's one right at the museum that sits outside. They've got it erected. You know, it's only uh, maybe eight inches wide, but it's four or five feet high. And 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 uh, wow, yeah. And it's sitting outside the museum. I've got pictures of it, but uh, I I don't know if anybody's ever gone in there and tried to mine it. Uh, maybe there's only so many chunks of it, but it is native copper, and it's uh, huge. Wow. See, this is the part there. This is what uh, the, the show there today. There are people that are listening. Uh, Rapeseed pudding is that uh, we have a lot of natural resources here in Canada that we have. And right. but and the thing is, it was that, as I said before, you fix your house first before you fix the house down the street. So why is this happening like this, that uh, we're giving away all our natural resources to uh, foreign uh, entities and not benefiting from it like the only place that's benefited from it was alberta for a way they, they went zero provincial tax but not federal tax but provincial tax yeah uh, it, it, that's a crazy thing and i don't think a lot of people sort of look at that well you, you know it's a catch-22 or a rock in a hard place uh, situation because you know most of the deposits that have been that have been mined uh, we're found on surface and now we're going deeper. And, yeah. uh, and so what happens is it takes a lot of money to drill deep holes and, and to find deeper deposits. So you have to have the risk capital at, at one time, the Americans had a policy and, and it was uh, good for them because we're, we're for every $2 you spend in expiration anywhere in the world, right. you got a dollar refund back on your income taxes. Because we work for the Guggenheim family out in New York City, and that's mm -hmm. what happened with them. They we had a budget of like 1.2 million every year, and they would get a, a refund back on their money. But mm -hmm. it takes a lot of money to develop these projects. So Canadians are not uh, traditionally uh, they sort of want to keep their money under the mattress as opposed to investing it in. But uh, the Americans and other people like the Chinese right now. Yeah, the Chinese are basically they're out to control the world. Yeah, so maybe than the Russians. The Russians got their hands full with Ukraine. But yeah, uh, 
you know, they're willing to put up their money to uh, risk on these uh, ventures. And uh, now the Canadian government, just from what uh, you've been mentioning there, the last short, well, just within the last few weeks, they put out this edict that uh, they're going to force the uh, Chinese that have interests in Canadian companies to sell those interests and uh, and exit the country. Wow, eh? Because uh, like uh, I've 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 talked about this many times about the Belt and Road uh, project that the Chinese had done through Africa, right? And that they build in, they put in the roads, the infrastructure, and everything like that. But it's on uh, a process of uh, payback debt, right? It's like a loan, right? Construction to build up and make things better. Give people like uh, I have a, a a cell phone and. Uh, and the thing like that, it costs me here in Canada, if I want to buy it outright, it's about uh, $1,400. But uh, in third world countries, it costs them 10 bucks, right? And uh, free programming and, and free interest, right? It's all about tracking and stuff like that. They go into that conspiracy theory at another time. But the thing is, though, is that third world countries seem to have a lot more better things than we have in uh, New World North American countries, and it seems to be is that it's all about resources. Like uh, Venezuela has a loss of oil there, and that that was why the whole part about the the whole country was being overthrown. With overthrown was to the U.S. can go and take their oil, right? right. And then you have then you have a president that's saying that we're going to go uh, electric 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 vehicles. But the thing to make the, all the electric vehicles is mining, and they don't have the resources for it. Well, and we have a lot of the, we have a lot of the resources. The two main commodities right now are lithium, uh, yeah, that are going to you know for the batteries and nickel. Uh, yeah, Elon Musk is voting for nickel. He says that's going to be the most desirable uh, commodity. Mm -hmm. Gold, Goldman Sachs <laughs> put out a report recently that said. Lithium had more or less uh, the bull market in lithium had peaked, and yeah. but you know I don't know like look at gold, gold really wasn't looking very good there, and uh, all these mines that we're trying to put into production uh, yeah. in northwestern Ontario, I mean it just uh, there, there's a plethora of the seven or eight at least mines that are going to go into production, but. Are you talking to me? <laughs> Are you talking to me? <laughs> Come down here and talk to me. I'm on that pod, podcast with Dell. <laughs> no, the thing is, the thing is interesting. And like, I, I've asked this question many, many times. And I've said this, and I've asked this even to you. Why gold? And gold is the only mineral that doesn't degrade. And that's, that's the right. thing. And it's a good conductor of electricity. And where a lot of these other, I, I understand that part there, but how did the ancient people know 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 that 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 was an important thing? Who did it come from? Is Audrey there? She want to come in and uh, say hi? She's trying to get on on her computer, Dell. So oh, okay. I don't know. She should be able to. Shouldn't she be able to pick up the link? Well, she should be able to watch it on YouTube. She can be watching this on YouTube on uh, uh, UFO Gods and Extraterrestrials or UFO Paranormal Radio. UFO Paranormal Radio is done twice. Or she can go to the Delicious Recipe on Facebook and uh, she can be watching it there live there too as well. All right. Well, I've got another uh, 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 podcast or whatever you want to call it, a Zoom thing at 8 yeah. o'clock as soon as we get finished here. She that Maybe that's what she's looking for. Well, uh, I don't know. What are you basing that on? You're talking about these ancient people. How did they know that? Uh, yeah, well, they, yeah, they just always found it sort of interesting is that why did gold become so valuable or and so important, right? There's a, there's a part missing in history. Like, you got to figure is that the law of threes, three minutes without air, three minutes, uh, three days without uh, something, and then uh, three weeks without food, right? Those are the most important things there. Uh, then you have to look at the other part is that a rock you can't eat. You can't eat a piece of stone. It right. doesn't sustain you, right? 
but why did that and then you have the 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 cults of mithras and stuff like that there were like uh sun gods that the sun gave life and then we found anything that looked yellow to be great but then we have dandelions are the worst weed in the world <laughs> but it makes great wine yeah yeah that's Anyways, true well yeah but the the thing is that compared to a lot of other commodities like there is a lot of copper in the world there's a yeah. lot of iron in the world but there is copper copper's a good copper's a good conductor and it's it's light too and it's malleable just like gold but it rusts and goes they, green i mean they don't they don't make uh, piping and stuff like that out of gold uh, no uh, you know i mean yes gold is a wonderful conductor i mean they they the bank the, what is it the royal bank building in toronto there the big building that all the windows are all have gold glazing in, and yeah. uh, I guess to keep out the sunlight or something. But anyways, uh, they they put a lot of gold into that one building. Right. It wasn't wasn't the, the streets of Geraldton there paved in gold. It was the tailings part that the guy wasn't supposed to go and uh, use that. They used the wrong thing there as they paved the, that uh, yeah, they five miles of, long. <laughs> they dumped a load of ore yeah. uh, that uh, was supposed to go to the mill. And then somebody came and put it on a truck and took it down for fill on the on the uh, road and yeah <laughs> paved with gold while that kirkland lake was known as the uh the, the town with streets paved with gold because all the mines were underneath the town and yeah the poor, the poor people when the mine would blast women couldn't uh you know they couldn't have stuff in their cabinets or on the wall <laughs> they would go and uh, deflate their cakes <laughs> yeah that's probably the least of their worries but when, <laughs> when they blast it blows stuff right off the wall yeah See, this, this is all sort of an interesting thing what companies do. There's, there's been a lot of movies out there about how companies don't care about the, the people that are working there and don't care about the surroundings and just do what they do and just worry about the consequence, consequences later. But And I've mentioned this many times before. I even asked you uh, uh, before, and there is no answer to this. Why gold? Why is gold so important? Well, I mean, it was, uh, you, you go to Spain, and when you go in some of these churches, and the, the gold there is just uh, awesome. I, I mean, it's it's uh, it's beautiful to the eye. I think, yeah. you know, there was, le it was a legendary metal. They were going over to South America, and the, both the Portuguese and the Spaniards, and bringing this gold back, and... Uh, I, I mean, it's it it's it's malleable, easily malleable, and made into. Uh, I mean, some of the churches I saw in uh, in Spain were just unbelievable. I, I'm like, I wonder how much the all this gold is worth in this church, because right. it's well, the so 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 is Plato. Plato is uh, valuable too, right? And you can make whatever you want out of it there. But why Plato. gold? Oh, Plato, Plato. <laughs> Yeah, Play-Doh. You know that stuff that used to come in a little can? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, it doesn't stand up for centuries of uh, wear and tear. And I mean, Play-Doh yeah. is something pretty uh, tempting. But, you know, there's a lot of emphasis right now on uh, on China here. Uh, I'm very concerned about what happened in Winnipeg uh, with yeah. the Chinese bioscientists at our bio lab there. Oh, yeah, our, okay. Or, were basically escorted off the property and Mr. Trudeau hasn't told us like, you know, there, there's all these uh, conspiracy theories that she developed the COVID virus there. And we know that she had shipped samples of, of some viruses back to uh, China. And then was, did this, did she actually make the COVID virus there, ship it back to China? And then it got out of the lab, just like, I think it was SARS or one of these other viruses accidentally got out of their lab in China. Wow. Uh, that, that, well, there's, there's a lot of part there. The, 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 if you go in, like, uh, I don't want to call myself a conspiracy theorist. I call myself a conspiracy analyst and looking at this stuff there. And because uh, a conspiracy theorist gets into the, the wrong thing that the, the news media, mainstream media wants to go and put on you. But looking at that, there there's a lot of uh, different functions that uh and operations and uh uh boards and uh groups that have all been sort of had their little finger in and touching things on this even knowing that what it is and uh 
whatever whatever happened there because i i've talked about this bit back before when the army and navy games happened in wuhan there back in uh 2019 uh and uh armies were coming back from different places around the world there back in uh, November they all had the flu oh yeah and, that was, and they and just they were all there people got the flu all that stuff they didn't know what it was traveling back on their uh, military aircraft back around to all the countries around there and then all of a sudden at the end of February everybody it just kept on spreading everything just everybody kept on getting this and then they said COVID-19 yeah, well, I mean, that's, uh, I'm just uh, pointing that out as an, uh, I mean, the government has never told us exactly what these people did to, apparently, they were very, ta she was especially talented, but they were mm -hmm. escorted off the property, sent back to China. So, you know, yeah. you're wondering, uh, uh, our, our, our uh, chief of defense staff here, General Wayne Eyre, uh, he's told members of parliament that Russia and China consider themselves to be at war. Yeah. yeah, it's a cold war right now, but they're they're at war with the West, and Canada's got to smarten up and 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 realize this that yep. uh, these people, you know, they can see our weaknesses. Have you heard anything about this? Uh, these cells that are operating here that that the Chinese apparently have cells yeah. in Canada I, where people yeah, well, are, actually, actually, uh, I I talked with a. Uh, uh, Laura Lee about this. We did this about uh, three years ago, and uh, we had a big, huge uh, conversation when I was doing the the panelist show there uh, here on UPRN. And I said, yeah, yeah, uh, Canada was training uh, Chinese mil military in Canada for cold water, or cold war, like a uh, cold uh, temperature operations. Oh yeah. And uh, and then they were says that's not happening. No, no. I says no. They they actually are. They're they're being trained here in Canada in the north, in the winter time to learn how to fight in the winter and how oh, to yeah. survive. And uh, they're like, no, no, that's not happening. But it was actually true. It was actually happening. And then you got to figure that uh, JT and the Muppet Gang there. That's what I got that column, so it doesn't get uh, shut off. Whatever. But uh, JT, uh, he said in many interviews is that he emulates and wants to be more like China. And China is a communist country. So what are you saying there? You're a drama teacher that is on the laurels of your dad, who was actually very corrupt as well. That, that he stayed, stayed in power for, what, 27 years. And he screwed up everything. And uh, basically it made the government more as a financial thing to make your family more rich than help the Canadian culture. All right. Well, uh, I guess that's a, a whole other story that we could uh, spend <laughs> a couple hours on. <laughs> but, but what's got me, con like, number one is I'm concerned for the future of the world. Like, uh, you know, I got children and grandchildren. Right. And be between uh, the Russians threatening to use nuclear weapons Oh yeah, that's green, and mm -hmm. uh, all you know. I I have a geologist buddy that says, "Well, you know what? The the Earth goes through these cycles, and we're in one of these. <laughs> we had the ice where there was eight hundred feet of ice above us right here in Thunder Bay, and yeah, and yet we you know we're we've had fires and floods and and all these uh, tremendous uh, like right now. There isn't there another hurricane hitting Florida?" Yeah, yeah, there's one that's hitting there right now. Yeah, yeah, and I was when I was in Newfoundland there a, a month ago. You know, we were. I won't say we suffered, but we experienced the force of Earl, mm -hmm. Hurricane mm -hmm. Earl. We were in a. We had rented a two-story house where we were working out of, and uh, on, on our project, and it was. I thought the house was going to blow over or blow away, and all the siding blow yeah. off it. And then uh, the two days before the other one, uh, Fiona hit and just destroyed that poor community of Porto Basque. I mean, yeah. we were we were lucky to get out of there and get back to Thunder Bay. And then, bam, Fiona, even where my aunt lives in New Brunswick, they were and where my mother's people are from in Prince Edward Island. Uh, Stanley Bridge, uh, Stanley Bridge was just wiped out on the way up to Newfoundland. And then Porto Basque got hammered. But you've seen all this stuff on TV. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of things uh, 
besides politics, uh, there's uh, all this world climate change and and. Uh, yeah, I have a, I have a big problem with that that word called climate change because that's. Uh, I was a environmental engineer, went to school for that, and I, and I have a big problem with that that term because that's used so loosely. And I think the the Earth goes through cycles, and uh, there's there's well, up no, and no down. That. Yeah, but I mean, if we get hammered with a, a you know a twenty, thirty, forty, fifty years, I mean, you know, the Earth's been here. The the Earth's been formed billions of years ago. Right. And, uh, what if we get in one of these cycles that lasts? Uh, I mean, in geological time, fifty years, a hundred years is nothing. Just well, a, look a, look at the ice cycle. age. Yeah, exactly. So, if we get into a cycle of this uh, inclement weather, right? God help us, because uh, okay. I mean, it's okay. Like to, uh, so keep keep so keep it keep it on that there. So you look at the late ice age and how long did that last, right? Yeah, where it went down there, and so now we're in the part that there's no ice age, right? So if there's a new ice age coming, that's just a cycle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. Well, but, but in yeah, but in the meantime, I mean, uh, how how much longer can we fight these cycles? I mean, United well, States. Well, you can't fight a cycle of the Earth, right? This the Earth is going to do what it's going to do, right? And it's this is where the part. This is why I hate when people start voting and they vote start voting for stuff that is is uh, when they start uh, touting climate change and you get these Greta Thunbergs and stuff like that. It says, you know what, carbon carbon uh, is actually good for the planet. And you know what, plant more trees, plant more crops. They need carbon. That causes photosynthesis. It creates more oxygen. And they're saying, well, okay, well, let's stop doing all that stuff. Let's go to electronic vehicles. Okay, well, now you're raping and raping the earth, and you're mining, and you're strip mining stuff, and you're removing all the vegetation off. And creating areas that there is no vegetation so how is that beneficial and you're putting something now what are you going to do when that uh that vehicle you have to go and get rid of it because the battery doesn't work anymore it can't recharge it now you have to find a dump site that has become radioactive okay now what are you going to do with that okay now you're polluting the, the, yeah, never, well, never the afterthought is ever ever thought it's the, the, the first thought is thought, this is better, but never the afterthought of recycling ever is thought. You know that only 5% of, of plastics are recyclable. All the rest of them go to landfill dumps. Right. Well, that's a big problem too. But I mean, right now, the Chinese are fueling all their uh, uh, big reactors there for power yep. with uh, coal. And that's mm -hmm. just uh, creating more pollution, more... Uh, problems in the uh, I don't know it's uh, it's it's a, it's a very scary thing there uh, that's going through there and uh, you know what with uh, my dad there he worked for Ontario Hydro and uh, they have uh, coal scrubbers that come out of the out of the the chimneys that were putting stuff out there and there's lots of things that are done there's there's technology that was done that way the amount of coal and it, actually i just watched a documentary on this uh the other day there is that uh eliminating coal and cow farts uh is actually detrimental to the rest of human population to the rest of the <laughs> rest of the humanity having cow cow dung piles on the ground that uh, go and fertilize the land and stuff like that and getting yeah. away it's 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 bad and uh going and uh eating bug burgers is bad that's worse because they walk through all this stuff and they're actually more contaminable than uh anything else and that's probably what's giving everybody these uh, allergies and symptoms that they're getting because you have stupid people making stupid uh assumptions and rules and doing stuff like that that's why it's so important to know your person that you're voting for and make sure that they have a sane head on their shoulders. Well, you won't get any argument from me there. <laughs> but I mean, let, let's uh, let's get back to uh, this sort of change in uh, in policy here on the federal level. 
where yes. uh, Mr. JT's uh, infatuation with the Russian, or pardon me, the Chinese uh, politics and, right. and admiration for their dictator, etc. And now uh, some of the ministers are coming out. It's interesting because even, it seems like even uh, Minister Friedland there is not yep. uh, totally agreeing with uh, what some of the government policies there. And yep. she's uh, trying to do her thing. But, uh, uh, you know, like the, the, the two ministers uh, came out and said that the, the, the Chinese companies have got to sell their interests in, uh, you know, it, it seems to be like a cleansing. We're going to yeah. send the Chinese back to China. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah. If we're going to train them to fight in the wintertime over here, that'll just help them get us uh, easier. Yeah, well, you got to figure that uh, back uh, thousands, thousands years ago when uh, the, the the land bridge from uh, Alaska they went to Russia and they all came across there before the the big fauna area, and then they moved down. That became uh, the the Mexicans and whatever else that ran around there. Uh, <laughs> I I don't want to say this uh, being negatively, but uh, uh, I've noticed here in Thunder Bay we have an influx of uh east indians they've taken over every job in uh uh in uh in port arthur security guard uh convenience store mcdonald's uh arby's uh stroppers drug mart and it's like wow this was never a thing that before uh jt and the muppet gang has uh unleashed uh just like uh, what's happening in the states or with the open border uh, going through it through mexico into the state it's just you have immigrants that have come in and they're just taking over everything and yeah but at the other hand i mean look at it the other way uh, they're willing to work we've got a lot of uh, Canadians. well that's not it's not a part of all work you know they're taking over businesses yeah, they, and they're they getting government grants, government money. I remember I worked for a company called Kerry Industries uh, by Westgate High School there on Wall Street, and the the uh, Asian uh, family that bought uh, the property was given a hundred fifty thousand dollar government grant, not 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 a loan, a grant to start no, to make to, to make VHS tapes back there, and they worked for six months. Yeah, I worked there too. They worked there right after school. I worked there for about six weeks and the, the place went belly up and they walked away with $150,000 and left all the equipment and just walked away. And that's the way that the Canadian government is so haphazardly uh, dealing with stuff. Well, uh, the, you know, I, like I see a lot of the people you're talking about working at Walmart right now. And, oh, yeah. Uh, it appears that they were they are educated. I think a lot of these people are, aren't they? Here on student grants or student. Uh, like yeah, the the word is grant. Grant. Grant is the money that you don't pay back. Right. Right. Okay. Well, they're they're over here going to university on whatever. I don't know who's yeah. paying their way, but uh, I thought that most of these people end up going back to uh, where the, you know their home country. Uh, they're, they're willing to work for less money, apparently, uh, mm -hmm. for different than our standards. Yeah. Uh, my, 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 mom was, my mom was, when I came back in 2007, back up here, my mom was involved with the Filipinos and because uh, they were going to the church and that. And what they would do is that they would work two, three jobs and they would send back 75% of their money back to the Philippines because right. the money they made here made them like uh, kings and queens back in the Philippines, right? So it, it was helping them out better, right? They'd live on like squalor up here, but send money back to their family. So no money stayed in the me, country. What upsets me is the people that I see working at Walmart, when I talk to them, sort of interview them, uh, they're pro-Russian. Uh, nope. I'm, like, I'm like, what? You're, you're, you're on the side of the Russians in this war against the Ukrainians? And they mm -hmm. said, well, the Russians have been pretty good to us uh, back yeah. in India. They've come in there and, and done good helped, things helped. and spent money. Yeah, helped against Afghanistan there, too. Yeah, that's true. So Okay, uh, well, we're, we're, we're getting back. Oh, we're almost down to our end here, Big Jim. So uh, this, this, uh, this show should I, be three hours long. 
I know it. We could keep on going there. It's just only that I got a, an hour here. Anyways, uh, Big Jim, uh, tell them there. Tell them about your book. Tell them about uh, where they can find you to go and check things out there. And I'll have you back on there because we we have another topic to go. We have actually two or three more topics to go through, and we'll, hopefully we'll get through these uh, before Christmas or into the new year. Well, uh, yeah, I'd like to get that story in about my arcade empire. Oh dream. yeah, that's yeah, that's the one I got there. Pinball story, Pac-Man fever. I already got the title there done. So, yeah, that's uh, the, the, that story's got arms and legs that people probably a lot of people wouldn't even believe. Uh, back uh, in the in the sixties and seventies, pinballs weren't weren't legal in Canada, and yeah. uh, later on, uh, Minister Lang there, the federal government, he managed to get through legislation that made them legal. And of course, they're all over the place now. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I uh, I had arcades. My most successful machine in, in the arcades was the foosballs. No, no, now I can play an arcade on my phone. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a little upset about all this uh, advertising, Gretzky, and these people that are pump, pumping these casinos. And it's so easy to to you know. I mean, it's just another way of getting getting your money. Okay, so 60 seconds, Jim. Yeah, well, I mean, I do, I'm working on my memoirs. Uh, I staked a thousand claims down at Geraldton, which I'm uh, finished staking now, and I'm talking to mining companies, uh, trying to get some options. I wanted to do another public company, but uh, the price of gold was when it, you know, it wasn't that long ago that it was a lot lower than it is today. I think it's 1736 today, but still not back up to 1900 where it was $2,000. So I'm keeping busy in my old age and uh, going out to uh, to uh, talk to some people here in uh, Winnipeg uh, next week. And I talked to some people in Vancouver today and they're going to be at the show in Winnipeg. So uh, leave the wife at home to protect uh, things. And <laughs> Man the fort. Man the fort. Woman, the fort. <laughs> and uh, hopefully in June, I got COVID at the mining convention. There was eight, eight out of 12 people that went from Thunder Bay that all came back with uh, COVID because there was no mask mandate. People say, well, even if there'd have been a mask mandate, you probably would have got COVID either. Oh, you anyway, probably would have. Yeah, you probably got the flu. Yeah. Yeah, I probably had the flu. Anyways, whatever I had was nasty and I don't want it again. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little uh, nervous. I'm supposed to be at a hockey banquet or a hockey get together mm -hmm. tonight out at the, the Niebing. And yeah. I don't think I'll go mainly because of the weather conditions, but also, you know, again, you're in close proximity with people. And I mean, doesn't the flu kill more people than uh, COVID does? Well, it used to do that. And then they started messing with the, the figures, but uh, that's up for you people out there to go and uh, go and research yourself. Like I say here on the delicious recipe, we throw everything in the pot. Go research yourself, find an ingredient, and maybe you want to go through that. And I want to thank Big Jim for being here on the show. And uh, you got Michael Angley and then uh, Michelle DeRoger later on there coming on there on UPRN. Check us out on uh, many of our uh, sites. And, oh, geez, I'm really pushing the boundary here. Um, okay, thank you, Big Jim. Thank you. Take me a bowl of that rapeseed pudding. <laughs> okay, thanks, Dale. Oh, here's a picture.